Hey friends, Jeffrey Wu here, and welcome to a special episode of the HVMN podcast. Today marks the relaunch of HVMN's performance supplements, our nutrition supplement products to support brain and body function. For listeners who have been with us from the start, which is over two years ago, you remember HVMN as Nutribox with our original nootropic products, Rise, Kato 3, Sprint, and Yawn. This relaunch today marks the transformation of Nutribox into HVMN. It's a culmination of over a year and a half of research and development across our organization, of really rebuilding the performance supplement space from the grounds up. To discuss these upgrades, I'm joined by HVMN's research lead, Dr. Brianna Stubbs, to dive into the research, thought process, and nuances behind the new formulations that make up our new performance supplements. If you're tuning in via audio, remember to hit that subscribe button for weekly episodes. For folks watching on YouTube, please subscribe as well, but also hit that bell next to the red subscribe button. YouTube isn't perfect and doesn't always notify you when we post a video, so click on that bell to not miss out. Without further ado, let's get right into it. Great to have you back on the program officially, Brianna. Thanks very much. It's exciting to be here with all the fancy red lights and the little bottles of human ketone. So it's good. I'm excited. Yeah, no, I think our audience and our community misses your voice here because I know that some of our conversations are some of the actual most popular episodes. So now are you sure it's not just because I have a British accent? I was in the airport yesterday and they just tried <laughs> to keep me at the check-in desk because they just wanted to hear me talk British to them. <laughs> maybe, I mean, take advantage of it. I mean, it's definitely in the American context, definitely some plus points. In yeah, terms 50 of, extra IQ points yeah, just for being British. Yeah. So perhaps there's a lot of things we can talk about, but one of the big things that we're working on and have been working on and we're proud to talk about today is the relaunch of our nootropics or performance supplements. We originally designed Rise, Kato 3, Sprint, Yawn under the brand name of Nutribox. And obviously over the last two years, we've evolved that to HVMN and really increased our scope of business and our mission to increase all of human performance, not just cognitive performance. Let's talk about all the stuff that we've learned in terms of hard-won experience in clinical application studies and feedback to all the latest science coming out of the peer-reviewed literature. A lot of things that we've taken and absorbed and now are going to be reflecting into the new human performance HVMN supplements line. Yeah. I'm really proud to have been part of this update process. I think it says a lot for the company that we're always looking at the new evidence and trying to make the best products that we can based on all of the available evidence and the feedback. So I'm excited to have come in and seen where they were and then been part of fine tuning and improving and excited to see what people think. Yeah. And I would say that one of the biggest advantages that we as folks working in this space is that I would say over the last year and a half, two years, we've really been lucky to work with top performers in the athletic world and the military world. And that's given us an inside look into how they think about nutrition, supplements, and what they think are promising avenues of research and targets of what they're focused on. Yeah, I think it means a lot when you can speak to top level operators, as you say, in athletics and in the military, and they're using something and seeing benefits for them. It just sometimes when you read a paper, I always like to look at science as it's kind of like bricks in a wall, a little like we have behind us here. And sometimes it can seem a little confusing when there's positive studies or studies with big effects and small effects. And it can get confusing to like really tease out what's going on. But I think seeing validation from the highest levels and trusted sources gives you a lot of confidence to make changes and move forwards. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's one thing that I've personally absorbed, which is that there is one level of evidence in the randomized controlled trial literature. And I think even in the messy creation of science, there's sometimes conflicting data or conflicting bodies of evidence, and it's hard to tease out 
But I think the things that have the most effect will tease out over time in, in terms of having just a statistic significance over a number of studies. Sure. Yeah. It's definitely important. Yeah. And one of our principles as a company has always been to have that peer-reviewed evidence. You can't just go on anecdote. There has to be like a good body of science there. But then when you've got several things and the science is all kind of hard to pick or choose, then going to see what's actually happening in the field is really, really valuable. Yeah. Yeah. In field, what's being used? What are people seeing at the highest levels of performance? What's working for them? And that's our job as people that create products to collate the randomized controlled trial data. What's happening in application, in field use, and then collating all the signals and really cutting out the noise and making something that we can all be proud of. And I think there's been a lot of attention to detail that's always gone into the products and that's gone into this refresh, like really looking at, I think with plant extracts, it's something that I've never had to deal with with human ketone. It's like with plant extracts, you can have different potencies and different sources. And so really working with the whole team and with the people who make the products to ensure that we get the best quality ingredients and those that match the potencies that have been used in the clinical trials. So I think it's being thoughtful and selecting just a few key ingredients for each nootropic that we really think works and then making sure that for each of those that we're using exactly the correct dose or within the correct dosing range and that the extracts themselves are of a really good quality because I think we were looking at an example this morning there was a product that has 42 ingredients and it's like wow that's a lot how's that all going to interact is that all going to be at the right dosage are they going to be good quality ingredients if you can afford it you know there's a lot of considerations into designing something thoughtfully you know to the highest level of integrity to be as close as possible to what we know works from the literature. No I think it's a good point in terms of the multifactorial combinations of all these different components, right? You literally have an exponential increase of interactions between each specific ingredient or component. And I think we've always been focused on, okay, what is the minimum amount of intervention that's effective, right? Like that's just a simpler, cleaner physiological thing to understand and study and show data behind. I think you do bring up a good point around botanicals, where if we're talking about root extracts or leaf extract, plants have variation. If you have a plant that's growing in the summer versus in the fall in a different weather pattern, are the concentrations of the active ingredient different? And the answer is yes. But not even that, there's even different sort of almost subspecies of plants. So for example, there's American ginseng and Asian ginseng. So you can't just look at ginseng, you have to look at the specific type that you're going to use, for example. And I use that as an example because that's one of the things that we'll discuss later that we've added into one of our products. But there's a lot to try and be aware of as a consumer. And I think just to highlight before talking specifics, I would just recommend for anyone looking at just broad botanicals, make sure there's a standardized extract, meaning that there's a percentage of the active components of said botanical or adaptogen that has been studied in peer-reviewed trials, where that means it'll be a little bit more expensive. It means that the component is tested to some standard extract potency and not just they picked some leaves off of a farm, ground it up and put it into a pill. There's actually a baseline potency that they're guaranteeing, we're guaranteeing in our products that we batch test before the product goes into production and before it leaves the production line into our bottles and into your doorsteps. Anything else in terms of just high-level things that have informed us as we're thinking about this upgrade and this refresh? Well, I think you kind of hit on it earlier, sort of the shift in the company mission from being more inclusively focused on the brain to being focused on new physical performance as as well as part of the human system, physical and cognitive performance. So that was definitely something that we had in mind as we looked at the amounts of compound and the different types of compound that we were putting in. You know, we see ourselves as helping people be their best and we know, appreciate more and more that actually physical activity is is a huge part of that. And now supplying elite athletes with human ketone, our aspiration is that human performance supplements can be part of their routine as well. 
Yeah, 100%. So let's dive into each of the new products that we're refreshing. Uh, let's start with Rise. So Rise is our original product, our daily nootropic. It's something that I take every single day and it's really exciting to see it still be one of our most popular products. Some of our loyal customers of Rise have been with us for three, four years now, which is amazing. Thanks so much for really the long-term trust and support. So perhaps the way we should talk about the upgrade is look at exactly what the change log is. Let's yeah. talk about what we kept the same and what we've upgraded. So previously Rise was Bacopa Manieri, Rhodiola, Rosea, and Alpha GPC. Yeah. So we've kept the backbone of Rise as Bacopa Manieri. We're like really, really bullish around that as a nootropic. Yeah, well, let's talk about Bacopa a little bit before talking about each of the changes. I mean, I think we've had individual episodes talking specifically about the data here, but one to reference is a conversation I had with Professor Constal in Australia, who is one of the leading researchers on Bacopa. Really strong data in terms of improving long-term memory formation over uh, sustained supplementation. And a lot of the data that I am increasingly excited about is the data behind how Bacopa increases BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic, brain-derived neurotrophic factor yeah. production, which, especially with our work with ketone esters and how that impacts the brain, is a very key mechanism on not just the performance side, but also potentially some of the recovery, traumatic brain injury side of things. Yeah. So I think that was definitely always going to be a keeper, the yeah. clinical evidence there. I think it's quite unusual that you get a plant extract being studied for basic science, yeah. like the experiment you just described. So I think we should expect to see more findings around Bacopa coming out if more people are using it like this. Yeah. And then I think one of the things that we've always been really a stickler about is having a really high potency in terms of the extract potency. So it's a 50% bacicides extract, which is very, very high. Most Bacopa products you see out there are either unsaid standardized or have 15-20% back aside. So people that are really looking to get a potent dose of Bacopa, make sure you look at the back aside's extract rating and make sure you're getting a high potency Bacopa. So the first major change is that we decided that we would swap out rhodiola for ashwagandha. They're both adaptogens, which means that they have an effect on fatigue and anxiety. So in that sort of aspect, they're kind of similar. But there's some good evidence around ashwagandha for not only the sort of subjective feelings of anxiety, but also around objective measures such as serum cortisol and the immune response to stress as well. So really looking in detail at those two compounds, it was sort of like there seems to be more data around objective biomarker measures than we could find for rhodiola. Another thing that we were interested in was some effects on physical performance as well. So long-term supplementation with ashwagandha has been shown to improve muscle strength, but also sprinting and VO2 max capabilities as well. So we were really, really excited by this data and thought that this would be a great way to get the adaptogen effect that we were kind of previously looking to build in with rhodiola, as well as some physical performance metric changes as well. Yeah. To go back to what we were saying, the very start of the conversation, ashwagandha was something that came up time and time and again when we were talking to some of our athlete and military partners and at some of these meetings. So when we started to dig into the science there, it was a strong ingredient. We definitely wanted to build that into Rise. Yeah, I think that's like the right way to look at it. I think the totality of evidence behind both rhodiola and ashwagandha, they're solid adaptogens. But I would say that entire totality of evidence suggests that ashwagandha will just be a better upgrade where we get a lot of the anti-fatigue adaptogenic effects effects of rhodiola, but with some of the added benefit of the VO2 max and the muscle performance with ashwagandha, which is exciting. And I think that as more and more of these things have objective biological biomarkers, like what you're mentioning with cortisol, cortisol and the immune, immune response. Uh, yeah. 
you as a physiologist and me getting more and more practical experience in the space here, those are just good core mechanisms of how these things work. And the more yeah. we know the core physiological response, we just understand as product makers how these things work, which gives a lot more confidence that the and efficacy will be good. Yeah, because I mean, ultimately, we always talk about the body as a system and you've got your pill of rise and you're going to take it in and you want to eliminate as much of the black box in between you popping your rise pill and then you feeling less fatigued or you performing better cognitively. If we can understand the mechanisms, measuring an effect is P1 and that's really, really important and it's great. But if we can understand how that effect is happening, then that's even more powerful. So actually being able to measure some objective biomarkers is like another solid layer of conviction around that ingredient. 100%. So just to also re-emphasize the extract potency, the ashwagandha that will be in the new rise is a 10% ashwagandha extract and the active ingredient there is with phenolides. And it's made by Sensorol, which is a brand name that's really well respected in the space of ashwagandha. So very high quality ashwagandha source. But folks that are still excited about, and I think there could be good reason for rhodiola, make sure that you look at the side and rosevin content of a potential rhodiola supplement. The old rise had a 5% silidrocyte, 2% rosevin content. And Again, I would focus on things that have higher and specific extracts for the active ingredients behind these botanicals. People can always go and look up all of the data, all of the studies, because they'll be shared on the HVMN website yeah. and our library. So people are interested in around the studies that have been done using rhodiola and they want to go and look and see what potencies and what extracts were used in those studies, that even though rhodiola is no longer in RISE, all of that information will still be there so people can go and use it as a resource. 100%. And the last component upgrade for RISE, the last component has always been a choline source. And choline is an important precursor to acetylcholine, and which also is a neurotransmitter lipid. for memory and learning. Yeah. And also it's a key component of lipid, the phospholipid bilayer in the neurons in the brain. Yeah. So basically choline sources have always been important for brain health and brain function. And it's always been important as a nootropic to have a choline source. The major change we made here was we replaced the choline source from alpha GPC to cytocholine. So let's talk about some of the thinking there and what the universe of choline supplements are. So perhaps just to start from like what the most popular supplements are, there's the cheapest choline supplement, which is choline by tartrate, which is quite cheap. And the reason it's cheap is that it's a pretty low density form of delivering choline in terms of like percentage weight. So you need to eat a lot of choline by tartrate to get a similar amount of actual choline delivered into your system. So alpha GPC and cytocholine are a lot more expensive in terms of just the component cost because the choline percentage per weight of CDP choline and alpha GPC is much higher. Now, do you want to unpack the thinking and the data behind alpha GPC versus acetylcholine? Yeah. And I just want to point out to the listeners that you called it CDP choline um, a second ago, and then also citicholine. And so those names both refer to the same thing, the same sort of structural molecule. But when it's produced by the body, we call it CDP choline. And when we get it from a bottle, it's citicholine. So there is a reference as to where it's come from, but they're the same structure. 
again, we kind of just took a step back and we did like a broad search of the literature and thought really about what we wanted. We were really keen to find one of these two compounds that had been tested in young adults because a lot of choline sources have been trialed as sort of preventative measures for dementia. So a lot of the studies and the bigger studies have all been done in aging populations. So we went and really like were looking for things that had been done in young, healthy adults. And we came across a few very, very promising and good quality studies using citicoline. Again, a branded extract that's called Cognizin, which I believe is the one we're using in RISE. These results really excited us and we felt that because the mechanism was conserved, we would want to go with something that had good clinical peer-reviewed evidence around the people who are likely to be using it, so younger people. Right. And I would say that the original thinking behind alpha-GPC was that alpha-GPC has a higher per weight delivery of choline versus cytokoline. But I think what you're referring to is that there is just more published research on young adult use of CD-choline showing benefit than alpha-GPC. Yeah, it may be something to do with the structure of the molecule. I mean, so it's possible, as you were saying earlier, there may be some benefits to having uridine. Yeah, the, the uridine is part of CDP-choline. So uridine has also has some early data suggesting that's beneficial for cognitive performance. So I think in totality, you have both very good choline sources for the brain, but the added benefit of having some uridine and actually having some data published on young, healthy adults mm. versus just an aging population was going to be more representative of the use cases of what we wanted RISE to be, which is a cognitive improved enhancer for people like us as well. And, you know, I think something that's really focused our minds in the last year is bringing in the human evidence grading system yeah. for all of the claims that we're making. So if you go on our website, you'll see that we've ranked every claim that we make about the products one through five to indicate the strength of the evidence, whether that's just sort of theoretical evidence all the way through to like a trial of the product as you're buying it. And we're really challenging ourselves to make the products have the highest evidence grading possible. And so I think when I was looking at Alpha GPC, yeah, I think it was sort of tossing up between, you know, it was probably a solid three out of five, you know, it's like early efficacy of evidence. And then we wanted to really be able to say, no, this is a four, this ingredient at this amount has been studied in humans, in humans yeah. and shown to be effective for the exact thing that we're saying. Yeah. So I think that that's been a really good North Star for us as we've done this upgrade to, to try and be able to give the products the best evidence grading possible. Yeah, we don't take the upgrades lightly. And we've been piloting early beta batches of this new rise in the office and through some of our early beta customers. And the feedback has been really, really awesome. So excited to roll it out properly to everyone very, very soon. I'm excited about it. It's our original product. So we don't take changes lightly. And I hope listeners and our customers out there are proud of the work that we put into this new upgraded version of Rise. Yeah, it's been a lot of time and a lot of discussion. So I think I feel I think we all feel really good about it and excited to hear what everyone has to say. Yeah. Let's talk about our next product, Kato 3, our Omega Health Kit product. I love Kato. So the first change is that it's no longer Kato 3. It's just going to be called Kato. Okay. So I don't know why we decided to drop the three because the ingredient omega-3 is still in there. Yeah. But I think that's more of a making it look pretty kind of decision. So just to give a sense of why it's even called Kato-3, it's basically an amalgamation of the vitamin K, the astaxanthin or the antioxidant component, the vitamin D, and then the omega-3. And yep. jam it all together as Kato-3. But so we're calling it Kato now. It's now called kato it's one of my favorite products that we do. I think that everyone can be benefiting from supplementing omega-3s, vitamin D and vitamin K. It's 
very, very commonly deficient, not only because of our diets being low in omega-3s, but also in our lifestyle, for example. Typically now, you know, working more and more indoors, we don't necessarily have enough. And the recommendations for supplementation just to get us up to what health people consider as normal, it's still kind of on the low side. So there's no danger from kind of topping vitamin D up above what the recommended norm should be. In fact, most people probably should be higher than the recommended norm. So I think this is like a really great product that people can be building into their regular routine. Previously, we used to speak about it a lot in terms of its effects on the brain, but it was just so easy to start thinking about it in the bigger picture of the company mission and how it's going to be helpful for people also trying to optimize their physical performance as well. I would even say like it's focused on the brain for a little bit. I mean, I think we were just at a nutrition summit with some of the best performers in both athletics and military and still a lot of ongoing research with omega-3s, DHA especially for traumatic brain injury, concussion, cognitive performance. So it's not just us kind of being happy with the state of science behind omega-3, DHA, EPA, but it's a very active area of research. And of course, as folks that are in the military or playing in the NFL, for example, I mean, that's a huge area of concern. How do we keep people healthy and happy and have long, productive lives after retire from the field? Yeah, certainly all of the components in Cato are not only mechanistically, but in randomized controlled trials as well, shown to uh, contribute to overall brain health. So I think that that's, you know, we were always confident about that from when the product was designed and that still stands now, um, which is why we've made very, very few changes to this product. Yeah. But, but I think you're going to talk about the, like the broader metabolic health. And I think the data there is just getting yeah. more and more convincing. I mean, I think the whole omega-6 story with vegetable oils, not just being kind of a strange source of fat. If you think about it, like vegetables don't really have fat. Like it's really like an industrial process to actual make <laughs> vegetable oils. Mm-hmm. And vegetable oils are very, very high in terms of omega-6. And those seeing that being, data there as being like detrimental to metabolic health is really scary. Because ultimately, these unsaturated fatty acids are being incorporated into our cell membranes. Yeah. So they're, you know, being built into the very fabric of your body. And so if you've got these very artificial fats that are ending up in your cell membranes, they're going to affect the very, very basic things around how the cell can like move and interact with other cells. Right trying to cut back on omega-6s and processed vegetable oils and making sure that you have enough omega-3s is just really, really important. And I'd encourage the listeners to actually go back and you and I had a conversation about omega-3s that people can find out a little bit more about the science there. Yeah, It's not just the brain, it is the whole body and it really has impacts on cardiovascular health as well. And I mean, some of that also comes from because once these lipids are built into the cell membrane, they can be chopped up to form signaling molecules, like pro-inflammatory signaling molecules, which omega-6s are more likely to be cleaved in a way that forms something that actually even promotes inflammation Mm. versus anti-inflammatory molecules. Whereas if you've got omega-3s, they are cleaved in that way. It's more anti-inflammatory. So the balance of pro and anti-inflammatory signals is very much affected by the ratio of omega-3 to omega-6 in your cells and in your diet. And that's been shown, as you kind of alluded to, to have big impacts on cardiovascular health, metabolic health, say, for example, diabetes. So very, very broad impacts here throughout the body. And actually, one thing that we picked up on on one meeting recently was actually that not only can omega-3 fats be cleaved to anti-inflammatory mediators, they can actually be cleaved into pro-resolving. So not only is it going to stop inflammation, but it's actually going to kind of fix inflammation 
these little molecules called SPM, specialized pro-resolving mediators. So that's certainly something that people could be looking out for in the future as we start to understand how the fats in our diet can affect every process throughout our body. 100%. Yeah. We might have heard of omega-3s for the last 20 years or so, but still very, very cutting-edge research, something we're excited about. Yeah, I think, whole story. I think people can get kind of fatigued because even as a scientist, I get kind of fatigued because every other month it's like, New study shows omega-3s work. New study shows omega-3s don't work. And, and much like the plant extracts, there's kind of considerations into the the source of the omega-3s, the dose of the omega-3s. There's a lot of considerations. Right, what really studying. Yeah, there's just a lot out there. But I'd say that in terms of looking at the mechanisms, and also there's no risk profile with taking them, and the body of evidence that is positive, I would say it's like a very, very good bet for people. It's better than a good bet, it, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's a daily staple for both of us. I mean, I think... We pop Kado like candy here. Yeah, I mean, I think we got like the macro dose version because, yeah, I think we were fully bought into the omega-3, omega-6 story. Yeah, I take six Kado some days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like a month pack is like a week pack for us. Yeah, yeah. So if people are doing that with us, maybe we'll have to consider like a macro pack for yeah. the users. So, I mean, yeah, obviously all over brain health, metabolic health, but then also thinking about athletes as well. A lot of the ingredients in Kado are really excellent for athletes. Omega-3, we got really excited around the research looking at muscle soreness and recovery after exercise. So there's some good evidence there showing that making sure that you've got enough omega-3s can help you recover and feel less sore and able to train the next day. And that comes back to inflammation, which I was just discussing. So that's great. And then also the blood level of vitamin D shows some correlation to overall like muscle strength. So making sure that you have sufficient vitamin D is going to be really important if you're working out a lot. We were excited to be able to really speak to that as we roll out the new look product. Yeah. So the only change we made was that we actually doubled our astaxanthin content from one milligram to two. Yes. So basically, we looked at the peer-reviewed studies of astaxanthin in humans, yeah. felt that the dose was on the low end of that range, and we wanted to up it so that it was more commensurate with what had been studied. Yeah, so strictly better. Strictly better in terms of increasing dosage of a fairly bespoke, expensive ingredient. So excited about making that change and offering that to everyone. Any other thoughts around Kato? I mean, it's a good product. And I think one of the things that like isn't really talked about is that we do a little special processing with a little bit of mint oil. So instead of having fishy burps, typically with the omega-3 products, it's actually nice touch that people have commented about we don't really market it or talk about it too much but it's something that i appreciate where it's like i'm not getting fish burps i have like a little bit of a minty fresh people breath. should try it themselves yeah then. try it out hey guys jeff jumping in here real quick before we move on and talk about the changes in sprint if you want to try one month supply of the new kato on the house all you have to do is write a review on itunes and send a screenshot of that review to podcast at hvmn.com if you've written a review before, share this episode on your social channels, Twitter, Facebook, etc. Send us a screenshot, same email, and we'll hook you up. There will be a reminder of this offer at the end of the episode, so no rush. Let's get back into it. Our third HVMN performance supplement. So let's talk about Sprint. So really, previously, the backbone of Sprint was the caffeine and theanine. Previously, there were also B vitamins and tyrosine in there. And we decided to we'd go back to building around that backbone of caffeine yeah. and theanine. Almost like go back, you know, going back to the basics, right? Like I think we talked about just like focus on things that were simple, strong evidence, and like not worry about too much interactions between different components. And as the name Sprint implies, this is something that's an acute nootropic. 
you use it right before something that you want to have intense focus or energy towards. And I think what's a real strength of Sprint is that it's got an exact known amount of caffeine and theanine in it. If you're trying to get these stimulants through coffee, there's been, there was a great research study once done, I think it must have been published peer-reviewed, and they went to Starbucks on like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and ordered the same drink and then looked at the caffeine content of the drink. And there's this huge right, variation. Like 200 to 400 milligrams yeah. or something. Yeah. So you, you don't know what you're getting when you drink a cup of coffee. And I mean, I love drinking a cup of coffee. So there's a time and a place for, yeah. for things like Sprint. But when you really want to know what you're getting, and especially for athletes, because actually drinking coffee, especially if you're going to go and do a race like first thing in the morning, it can cause like GI issues mm-hmm. there. So being able to just have caffeine without the hot liquid and the coffee and more portable is certainly a strength of having a pill form of caffeine. Yeah. So the new Sprint is going to have 200 milligrams of caffeine, 200 milligrams of L-theanine and 400 milligrams of Penax ginseng. Yeah. We decided we, I think previously there was more caffeine than theanine we did actually a one to two ratio of caffeine to l-theanine there was twice as much twice as much l-theanine to caffeine i think we wanted to up the caffeine content because we had feedback from people that most people were using more than 100 megs of or you know typically targeting more than 100 megs of caffeine yeah i think that perhaps the caffeine resistance or caffeine tolerance of people has gone up in our over caffeinated world so Our sense from some of the feedback was that the ratio of L-theanine to caffeine was artificially high now because people's resistance or dependency or tolerance of caffeine was much higher. And effect of caffeine being a stimulant with L-theanine being more of an anxiolytic kind of attenuated the effects of Sprint in that one to two caffeine L-theanine ratio. This was definitely a feedback consideration because really, you know, there's a huge body of literature looking at the effects of caffeine on cognition and 100 mg has been studied and 200 mg has been studied. And, you know, so there wasn't like a clear we must go for one of these two doses. So really it was based on listening to what people who use Sprint wanted to feel when they use Sprint. And I think that the feeling was that they wanted to feel more of the kind of caffeine kick. Hence why we decided that we would increase the amount of caffeine that was included. Yeah, and I think the RCT data, and there's been a lot of studies with the one to two ratio, but a lot of studies on the one to one ratio. Yeah, as well. we did. We looked at the ratio as yeah. well, and it was a pretty even split. We know that caffeine and theanine, like pair, have some complementary kind yeah. of interactions. And so, again, there was no clear winner as to whether we should be doing the one to two or the one to one. So then we felt good about giving the customer what they wanted in terms of the science still kind of agreeing with that. Yeah. And then the last big change about it. So we got rid of the tyrosine, the the B-complex, some of these components, and we decided to focus a lot of the ancillary ingredients around Panax ginseng. Why? So we decided to focus on Panax ginseng because of a really good body of evidence around its effects on cognition and immunity as well. So um, I actually reached out to one investigator that run a lot of the early studies of Panax ginseng because you want to gut check things when there is four or five papers all from the same research group. You want to really not only get their opinion because obviously they worked with it quite closely, but just to check there's no bias or anything coming in. So I, I went, reached out and I had a good chat with the guy who ran a lot of these studies on Panax ginseng and we discussed about the different types of ginseng and also the different potencies of ingredients and why he thought he got the results that they did. 
And ultimately, yeah, I was convinced that this was a really good move in for sprint. The the evidence is good around cognitive performance there. So, and definitely also we were looking at some of the sort of forums and seeing what other people out there are using and ginseng came up a lot. So yeah, there's also like some preliminary data how this is like potentially good for insulin resistance. Blood lowering blood glucose. He said that that was a pretty, the investigator I spoke to said that was a pretty consistent effect they saw with their studies. Yeah. So it just seemed like, you know, it's a little bit different from like the traditional sprint use case of an acute nootropic, but some of the cognitive effects and just the broader metabolic implications of something like reducing blood sugar can all be very sensible to make a very simple story around sprint. So another little thing that I quite like about Panax Ginseng is the effects on mood. So I mean, ultimately with sprint, we want to have people alert but also like not super wired kind of relaxed and one effect that was kind of consistently seen in some of these clinical trials of panax ginseng was calmness tranquility not quite reduced anxiety in the same way that we talk about it with rise but improved subjective sense of well-being and actually a study looked at quite long-term use of panax ginseng on overall quality of life scores and saw an improvement there so i think that if we're trying to design something that gets people in the ideal like flow state to get something done then feeling good about yourself that's another like a little thing that we can add to the list. Yeah, and then. it might sound like fuzzy, but these are measurable quantitative markers. This is like on some spectrum, people are marking yeah. and, and seeing statistically significant differences in subjective mood. So we remember we were talking about ashwagandha, the subjective feeling of fatigue and then also yeah. uh, stress, sorry, and then looking at cortisol. With subjective well-being and mood, there's not quite yet the same like good biomarkers yet. And, you know, maybe we'll get there in the future. Maybe we'll figure out something to measure in the blood that's like correlated with how good people feel about right. themselves. Or maybe we'll be able to more accurately measure like EEGs or some kind of correlate with mood. Right. But at the moment, as you say, this is subjective. But often these questionnaires are validated and used multiple times in lots of different studies. So at least there's some consistency. So, I mean, that was a good thing about these studies looking at Panaction saying that they're using validated yeah, stand- clinical yeah, it's stale- a standard scales. validated method. Yeah. And I think that more and more of the psychobiological phenomenon that is becoming more and more popularized within the sports science world, how one feels is very important in terms of how one ultimately performs. So important. I mean, I don't want to say like the placebo effect, but like the effect of the brain on the whole body, kind of almost like the placebo effect of taking anything is super, super, super powerful. So even techniques like positive self-affirmation or meditation, all of these things that people are talking about that sound kind of woo-woo, you're actually changing, you're changing the way you think and change your physiology. So making sure that you're in a good mood and if there's anything that you can take that will help with that, then that's going to multiply the returns that you get in terms of performance. Exactly. Yeah. So I think the way I'm going to use the new sprint is, yeah, like similar to what you're saying. Sometimes I like that nice cappuccino when it's like more of a low key coffee meeting or a coffee date or, or, or whatnot. But for a good flow state thing, you know, sprint is, is, is just a much simpler, punchy, quick thing to get going there. Yeah, and I think I'm probably going to be using it before my races. So I <laughs> sit there, I'll have human ketone, some sprint, yeah. some nice carb drink, pop the whole lot, and then I'll be like off into the distance. <laughs> Five hours later, peel me off the finish line. With the gold medal yeah. around your fully. Uh, and then the last HVM performance supplement Yawn. Another more quieter, but one of our more popular products. Again, um, I personally love Yawn, especially like traveling backwards and forwards between the US and home in the UK. And then recently been doing like some 
east-west coast travel and I always, always travel with yawn. And when I was an athlete, I used other more like medical sleeping aids. And whenever I took take anything like that, the next morning would just be kind of like a write-off. Yeah. And it was always funny because I'd be trading it off. So it'd be like the night before like a big race and I'd be like, right, I'm really, really nervous and I can't sleep. But if I take this and my race is at nine, am I prepared to accept the fact that I might be groggy? I, I might be groggy and I'm gonna really have to like caffeine up or is is the nerves gonna get me up enough in the morning? So I mean it was it was definitely always like a bit of a toss-up and a consideration. But with yawn, I never really feel groggy in the morning. It just feels like more of a natural kind of sleep. I think yeah. the anti-anxiety effects of say the L-theanine, which is one of the ingredients in yawn, helps you just fall off to sleep. And then the next morning you wake up feeling really refreshed. I've given yawn to a number of my friends out here. And a lot of people agree that it's like one of the best sleeping aids that they've used. So yeah. a lot of love for yawn. So we've made really only one minor tweak to yawn. Minor tweak, but I think we also expanded the use case where we used to only sell them in 10 packs, but now we have yawn in a month pack where it's completely safe and great to use on a daily basis to support sleep. And I, yeah, I think just to reemphasize like the importance of sleep, I think we talk a lot about things almost on the margin in terms of improving performance, but the basics really are good sleep, getting some reasonable amount of physical exercise and eating a reasonable diet. I really would be excited to hear you guys do a podcast about sleep. There's a really good book that's just come out that my running coach has recommended to me that I want to read. And uh, stuff we were talking about with Yawn, I was looking at some of the literature around sleep and physical performance and sleep and cognitive performance. Sleep is just huge. Yeah. You've really got to get your sleep right, not only for circadian rhythms as well, so metabolic health as well as just how you perform. So I think it's something that we all can control, but it quite easily gets eroded with screen time in the evening and yeah. packed out days and it's hard to de-stress. And there's, you know, there's a lot of things that stop us from getting sleep, but really, you know. We could do a sleep podcast because like I have like a pretty interesting setup with like completely blacked out yeah. bedroom windows and all that stuff. It'd be kind of interesting to poll how different people. Try to what, optimize. Yeah. Yeah. Optimize their sleep. I think it's easy to listen to people giving advice and be like, oh, I could never do that. But there's something out there that works for everyone. I think most people could get better sleep than they do. Anyways, so we want people to be able to use yawn every day. So but yeah, again, let's go down to the ingredient list. So yawn is consists of melatonin, magnesium glycinate, glycine, L-theanine. Yeah. So, I mean, let's start with the L-theanine, as yeah. we've already talked about it a little with Sprint. L-theanine is an anxiolytic, so it helps to reduce anxiety. So as you're trying to get ready for sleep, the last thing you want is worries and anxiety kind of like buzzing around. And so the effect of L-theanine is to calm that. Glycine and magnesium given together increases the bioavailability of the magnesium. Firstly, magnesium it, uh, helps with neurotransmission around sleep. And glycine, I'm hoping I'm going to get this right, it's a precursor to a neurotransmitter again? Yeah, yeah. so a lot of good data, uh, especially out of Japan, showing that glycine improves subjective wellness or sleep quality scores. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I remember the studies yeah. now. I've been in the process of reviewing all of these, so it's kind of at the tip of my tongue. Yeah. And then finally, melatonin. Yeah. And this is the more, kind of, I think for me, it's kind of a more interesting ingredient because I think over in the UK, it's regulated. Hmm. So I think in America, you can buy melatonin supplements. I'm not sure that you can in the same way huh. over in oh. the UK. I'm not sure. But yeah. certainly, like when you look out there at what you can get, there's a big old range in the amounts of melatonin that you can buy. Anything from what was previously in yawn, which was, you know, very very small amount, like 300 micrograms, right. all the way up through to, you know, 5, 10, 10, 10 milligrams, milligrams a, like way too much. Just like a horse tranquilizer, yeah. right? So some of the feedback from customers, we'd previously chosen this very, very low level of yawn because of some work 
done that showed that, in this work anyway, that there was very little difference in terms of the sleep promoting abilities that, you know, between like 300 and one milligram. Yes. um, But then the customer feedback that we were getting from Yawn was that people were not feeling a super strong sleep inducing effect, which, you know, maybe worked fine for say me, because I don't normally have any sleep problems, but maybe the type of people that were using Yawn were really looking for something that made them feel sleepy and drowsy in much the same way that the people that were looking for sprint were looking for more of a kick. So we decided that we would go to the upper range of what had been found to be non-habit forming yeah so there's been a lot of studies of ascending melatonin dose and then any rebound effects after that and also again drowsiness the following morning and so we decided that one milligram was a good compromise where we felt good that people could take it every day and felt good that you know that should increase the chance that people feel the effects of the melatonin yeah 100 percent. like i think that's the most important thing as me as a consumer i don't want anything that's habit forming and the dose of one milligram is non-habit forming. You see like the same natural release of melatonin under that threshold. So people out there that are listening, when you look at melatonin supplements, don't take like the horse tranquilizer 10 milligram doses. Those are like big, chunky doses of melatonin. And oh, and as a lot of things, more is not often better. Yeah, there's like um, a Goldilocks spot I like to call it. I, I feel like I'm gonna, I'm gonna like claim this term. I've been using it a lot recently. It's like not too little, not too much. It's like just right, just in the middle, yeah. the, gold, the Goldilocks spot of yeah. melatonin. It's probably somewhere between like say one and three. So we definitely want to be careful. We know that it's working just yeah. as well at yeah, those I low doses. Three is that like that, that upper, upper threshold. So we went from 300 micrograms to one milligram which you think is going to improve a little of the subjective feel, but like be well under that sort of habit forming caution that people are concerned about with, you know, sleep aids. And not only is there with the very high doses, not only is there the danger of it being habit forming, but then also is just like diminishing returns as you get to high and high doses. It's not like it works 10 times better and you're getting 10 times more of it. Right. You're just kind of like drowning out your body's natural mm. circadian rhythms for nothing really. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, excited about the new yawn. It's been something that we've gotten a lot of feedback where people want more yawn, like the 10 pack is too little. So we're really proud of like the new month supply of yawn that we're releasing. It'll be a great product and something that I'll be incorporating to a daily routine. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, likewise. For me, like having joined um, after you had the previous like Nutribox, being able to like make them exactly how I would want to take them has been great. So I hope that everyone else enjoys taking them as much as I'm looking forward to taking them. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much else to be said here. I mean, I think a lot of work is going on behind the scenes always as we're talking to leading researchers, leading practitioners within performance as well as on the recovery side. So excited to show off our work and show off our effort here. Yeah, lots of learnings. And I think hopefully that, you know, through the discussion that we've had today, people can see that we think of the body as like a whole system. We've got to be thoughtful about optimizing as much as we can. And I think that the human performance supplements are really targeting key areas where there are like problems, deficiencies, and areas in their life where people can really optimize to have a big, broad impact across their health. Cool. I think that's well said. So for customers, listeners, people that are excited to try some of these HPM supplements. We're excited to hear your feedback. It's not just the work of you know, Brianna and I, it's really the whole work of the entire team where we have Chrissy who runs supply chain, Mike Lee, who spent a lot of effort redesigning the package. They look make beautiful. It even yep. cooler when it's on your desk or bedside table. I think it's not even just from the science side, it's also the whole experience. We want to make this something that's beautiful, that you can be proud of, that just fits into 
everything else in your lifestyle. Yeah. So please keep in touch. Let us know what you think. And then also, I think clearly we are listening to what you're saying and your thoughts have gone into this update. So I can't say when the next update will be, but if you have any feedback or thoughts or ingredients you think we should be looking at yeah, or, or new, new, product, new product ideas, exactly. Yeah. So we want to give you guys what you want. Just feel free to reach out and you know, reach out to care at and you know, often these these emails get passed on to Jeff or myself and we love reading your feedback and we would love for rabbit hole to dive down in terms of like product ideas and literature. So excited yeah, to Yeah, we to literally have a channel hashtag happy customers or just like customers in support just to hear all the different feedback. And it's something something that is a highlight for all of us here. Thanks, Bray. Always great to chat. As ever, Jeff. Thanks for tuning in this week, everyone. As always, please send my producer Zill and I any feedback or topic or guest suggestions to podcast at hvmn.com. We read every single message and work really hard to make this program valuable and educational for you. Also, don't forget our ongoing special offer. By leaving a review on iTunes, you can get a one month supply of our new Omega-3 product, Kato. Simply rate us with a written review on iTunes, screenshot it, and send it out to our email hotline. Again, that email is podcast at hvmn.com. Appreciate the love and support, and I'll see you again next week.